0: Today on Locked On Red Wings, Detroit is tied for the second wild card spot in the Eastern Conference after Andrew Cops 3-point night leads the Wings to a victory over the New York Rangers. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. I am your host, Brian Fisher. I am a podcast producer for The Daily J, a WWJ Radio podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And guys, I'm riding solo today. I'm sure as many of you in the Metro Detroit area already know, and if any of our listeners aren't in the Metro Detroit area, We had a huge ice storm the other day, and uh, over 600,000 Michiganders are without power. Scotty happens to be one of them, and his estimated time of restoration is Sunday. So I'm riding solo today, but hey, I'm more than happy riding solo after a win like that over the third place in the Metropolitan Division, New York Rangers. One of the best teams in the league. Don't let the fact that they're third in the division fool you. They are becoming quite a wagon, especially after acquiring Vladimir Taransenko. And you went out there, the Red Wings went out there and they took care of business. It wasn't a perfect game. No game's perfect, but they did all the right things to secure the win in this game, even despite a ton of controversy. And I mean, that's going to be the first two segments, maybe two and a half segments. And then I'll wrap things up on the third uh, with a game preview of the game on Saturday against the Tampa Bay lightning. But This is a huge victory, guys. I I mean, we talked with Nolan last night about how every single game from here on out for the Detroit Red Wings is a uh, playoff game. And this game against the New York Rangers was no exception. And the Red Wings went out there and beat a team that, by all standards, is a better hockey team than them. Not just by one goal, not by two goals, by three goals. They beat them four to one, and they converted on the power play. This is a Red Wings team right now that has confidence, that has swagger, and it showed in this game. The Rangers were frustrated from start to finish, and it showed in the third period with the amount of scrums that they got into with the Detroit Red Wings over what amount of being clean hits. The, it, the Red Wings got in the heads of the New York Rangers, and that is that is what a playoff team is capable of doing. And now after this win, the Detroit Red Wings are tied with 64 points with the Florida Panthers for the second wild card spot. And that is huge. Now, technically, if the season ended today, the Panthers would be the one in the playoffs because they have more regulations win, regulation wins. But the Red Wings have the higher point percentage because they have three games in hand. So I'm not too concerned about those regulation wins right now. And it was also a good night from another regards too, guys. Because the Pittsburgh Penguins got absolutely decimated at home by the Edmonton Oilers, I think it was seven to two was the final. And also, the Washington Capitals traded away Dmitry Orlov, basically signaling, "Hey, we're out, not our year." And they lost into today, uh, today as well. I believe like two to one. It was a close game, but they played the Ducks four to two was the final. My bad. Uh, and then the Buffalo Sabers they blew a lead, they tried to lose, but they did ultimately win in overtime, six to five over the Lightning, who you play on Friday. So if you're looking at those standings, and by the way, like I said, overtime wins are well, it's great to get two points. Regulation wins is a tiebreaker. So if at the end of the season you have more regulation wins than the Buffalo Sabres, that overtime win will matter. So it's not all doom and gloom in the fact that Buffalo did win. That overtime, the fact that it went to overtime does matter. So Tampa Bay did help you out a little bit in that regard. But if you're keeping track of the playoff race, guys, that's seven wins in the last eight games for the Detroit Red Wings. This is a team that prior to the All-Star break, And what a a reversal from last year. I mean, prior to the All-Star break, we saw a lot of the same struggles that this team had last season. They were slightly above five hundred. They were barely winning games. But after the All-Star break last year, it fell apart. This year, the team has seemed to figure it out. Now, the five-on-five plays, it's not perfect. In fact, this game, they got dominated again in five-on-five, mostly in the second half of that second period. So if I were to look up the percentages, it would be heavily. For the New York Rangers and the Corsi percentage, but I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna rattle those numbers off for you guys today. It's a snooze fest. Red Wings are, won a huge game. We're feeling good about it. It's just it's such a refreshing feeling that this team is competitive. They have this confidence, and honestly, this might have been Andrew Cops best game as a Detroit Red Wing. And I know Scotty and I have kind of dodged not to dodge the bullet. That's not the right phrase, but we've kind of been avoiding the conversation on Andrew Cops because we both feel. It's a little unfair to judge him because core surgery, guys, it, it takes forever to fully recover from and become who you were before. And it could take Andrew Kopp more than this entirety of this season to become the player he was when you signed him. Because look at, I mean, not to, baseball's a different sport, but Justin Verlander's a guy I always go to. He had core surgery and wasn't the same for about a season and a half. I believed he was washed up. And then he turned it back around and he's still playing hockey. He's still winning Cy Youngs and World Series at age, what, like 39? So it can take time for guys to recover from core ser- surgery. And Andrew Kopp has slowly been getting better as the season's gone on. He was a bit snake bitten in that one over Washington. He was in the right spot a lot of the time, but the puck kept hopping off his stick in awkward ways. But in this game, everything clicked. First of all, that first goal scored was just an absolute beauty. And this is part of where Andrew Kopp's success is... is He's helped out by the fact that his line was clicking. Michael Rasmussen and David Perron had fantastic games as well. So look at his goal. That doesn't happen without Perron. It doesn't happen without Rasmussen, but it also doesn't happen with Jake Wollman. So Jake Wollman's all the way back in his own zone. He gets the puck in the corner, skates it up, finds Perron, cross ice, hits him perfectly with a pass. Perron looks up, chips that pass over a stick right to Michael Rasmussen, who just spinorama, not around, but behind the back passes it, to an Andrew Cop, wide open back door who buries it. Now Andrew Cop in the past few games that would have hopped right over a stick, he would have mishandled it. He didn't. It was a beautiful finish. But that goal doesn't happen without the crisp passing that Perron, Wallman, and Rasmussen had. And honestly, guys, I think that might be. There's so many good reasons why this team won. Honestly, I mean, let's be honest. Who so's number one? And I'll talk about him. But reason number two. And this is something the team succeeded at early on in the season. But reason number two why this team won this hockey game was because of the fact that their rush attempts were such high danger. This goal with David Perron, I'm sorry, this goal with Andrew Kopp is that example. Philip Zadina, that goal doesn't happen unless Dylan Larkin does what he does. I don't know if it was technically a forecheck or a backcheck in that situation as the Rangers were trying to break out of the zone and Larkin met him, and I don't know if it was a forecheck or a backcheck, but it was pressure, forced a turnover, fed Filip Zadina, who, by the way, guys, this is why you don't give up on young players. This is why I have a bias towards Filip Zadina. This is why I was preaching in the offseason, Michael Rasmussen can still grow. These guys now aren't even 25 yet. So I know that the Red Wings have botched Phil Zidina's development, or maybe you believe that he just never really had it in the first place, and that's why he fell in the draft. But ever since coming back from injury, even before he was injured, his metrics, his numbers defensively looked great. He looked great defensively in this game as well. Phil Zidina finally finishes on an attempt, and it was a beautiful, well-placed shot right in the glove of Yaroslav Halak opposite side. It, this is the type of stuff... And that's another, you could, I don't know if you qualified as a rush attempt the puck never left the zone, but it happened out of nowhere. It was a forced turnover by Dylan Larkin, Michael Rasmussen's goal. That was a rush attempt. They break in off the blue line. David Pran is stonewalled by Yaroslav Halak. He gets the puck off the rebound and feeds Michael Rasmussen. These aren't set plays. They're not establishing zone presence, but the fact of the matter is, is they're, they're scoring these goals on very high danger opportunities. Off rush attempts. And this is something that when the Red Wings were struggling earlier in the season, they weren't accomplishing. This is something that the Red Wings, when they were struggling, just could not do. They couldn't bury high danger scoring attempts. Now they're creating high danger chances and they're winning those battles. You know, I mentioned I wasn't going to bring up the Corsi four percentage and I still won't actually say the number. But yes, at five on five, the Rangers had the bulk majority of the shots. But if you filter it by expected goals four percentage, which is the quality, not the quantity, it's a much different story. The Red Wings are neck and neck. We're neck and neck in this game with the New York Rangers in quality scoring chances. And, I mean, clearly it showed because three of their, uh, you could say at least two of their four goals were created off beautiful plays off of rush attempts. So their ability to score off quality chances on rush attempts has been reason number two why they're why they won this hockey game and why they're succeeding in the ways that they are. Uh, and when we come back, I'll talk about reason number one, which is again, obviously Villa huso uh, But first I got to talk to you guys today about built bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a built bar. We just got through the holidays. And I know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. And it helps that built bar is right there along with me to get me through the tough times uh, with built healthy is actually tasty. Seriously. They're so delicious. You won't think they're good for you, but they are. They're perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They have unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, cookie dough puff. That's the one, guys. That is that is the one. I, I'm going to say on every read. Cookie dough puff. That one's the one. They're only 130 calories with 4 grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. So if you're looking to get swole, I mean, that's right, that's right there right there there's no bias up there i shouldn't have done that uh, and now you don't need to wait around to get a box for years we've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com now you can get them at your local walmart or sam's club you can get a four bar box at walmart cookies and cream double chocolate coconut puffs double chocolate's a good one too i really recommend that one or you can go to sam's club buy in bulk and get a 13 bar box with our hit flavors brownie batter or and and or churro so you can thank us later so go to built.com you can always do that. Go to Sam's Club or go to Walmart. You will not regret it. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Did a quick sip there. We don't edit. We don't. Well, we do occasionally, but I try not to add it too much. We're recapping this three, four to one win over the New York Rangers. Enormous win as the Red Wings just continue to stay hot. Billy Huso, again, Nolan said it in yesterday's episode. It's not a stretch to say that if you make the playoffs, it's going to be on the back of stellar play from Billy Huso. And he was rock solid again in this game. And in the third, early in the third, he made a save that if that, if he hadn't have made that save, it would have turned the tide of the entire game. He made a save on Adam Fox, stopping that puck on the blue line. That would have tied the game at two and not minutes later. Michael Rasmussen goes down the other side of the ice and scores on the feed from David Perron. If it were not for Philly Huso, this team, and I said this last time I did a solo episode, actually, right after they beat the Predators, and they at that time were third in the Atlantic Division after they had a hot, hot start to the season before slumping. This team wouldn't be in a playoff spot right now, tied for the second wildcard spot, if it were not for Philly Huso playing as out of his mind as he is. Right now, his save percentage, I know, is floating around league average. But that's because, like the rest of the team, he slumped for a little bit in uh, late November and December. He has since completely researched. If he has a bad game, he follows it up by having three great games. He had a a less-than-stellar game in Seattle. He followed that up with two phenomenal games in Washington and now against the Rangers here at LCA. And he had a goal saved above expected in this game, guys, of like 1.5, 1.84. I mean, that just goes to show that – he has been above past the save percentage, deeper than the goals against the average. He has been saving goals. I mean, and it was obvious if you watched the hockey game. So, Vili Huso, again, number one reason why this team is in a playoff spot. Another thing I really liked about this game, about the, what the Red Wings were doing really well, is five on five play. Well, not great. The back check and forecheck was strong. And I said this to start the show they frustrated the New York Rangers, absolutely frustrated them. They were playing highly physical hockey. They weren't letting them just skate out of the zone. It seemed like there was a man on every single player. There was only that stretch that, God, it felt like 10 minutes, but it might have just been five minutes in the second period where the Rangers had consistent control and the Red Wings could not get the puck out. Outside of that, I thought the Red Wings played fantastic at four-check, back-checking, and hell, even defensively. You know what? Let's pull up our heat map, too. So, it's not going to look too great for the Red Wings. But again, we're focusing on quality, not quantity here. So, if you look at the New York Rangers heat map here, you're going to see a lot of, and the New York Rangers heat map runs from green to dark blue. The dark blue being 3.67 plus shooting attempts uh, at five on five. And so you see a lot of light green scattered across the zone because they outshot you. They had, what, almost 40 shots. Let me double-check on that one real quick. Uh, they had 31 shots on Huso in this game. And you can see it here. The shots came from a little bit all over, and there was a pretty deep dark blue concentration of shots to the left of huso So a backdoor on Ben Chirot's side, or uh, who else is a left defender on this team? I. It's been such a crazy night, guys. I apologize. Uh, Jake Walman's side, you know, guys like that. There's a, been a lot of high danger attempts on that side of the net. But outside of that, it's a lot of light blue. Now, if you go to the Red Wing side, you see a lot less light green. And on the Red Wing side, it runs from green to dark red for that 3.67 attempts. You see less of the light colors, which means they're taking less overall shots, but a higher density of the dark areas. And the Red Wings have a dark red area right out in front of Jaroslav Halak's net and a little off towards the rim of the circle to the left side of Yaroslav Halak. A much bigger grouping of quality shot attempts in high-danger areas from the Detroit Red Wings, and it resulted in three even-strength goals for the Red Wings while the New York Rangers only had one. So again, I emphasize that while the Red Wings maybe not had the quality or I'm sorry, the quantity of the shots that they typically never do. It's the fact that one of the ways that they have adjusted is mitigating their opponent's quality of their shots while improving their own and finishing on their own attempts. You look back at that two to one victory over the Calgary flames. Let me minimize this so I can go full screen again. I know you guys love seeing my face. I go back to that two to one win over the Calgary flames that kicked off this hot streak. That was a game where the flames shelled. I think they had 40 plus shots in that game where I think you, the Red Wings barely had across 20. But if you looked, it was the entire zone was that light shade of green on the heat map. But nowhere was that dark shade. While well, the Red Wings may have had just a little bit in the slot and a spot from the uh, an island on the point where there was color, it was a dark color down the front. The Red Wings have been highly successful in mitigating quality scoring chances against while capitalizing on their own down low. Again, so while that five-on-five five play still leaves a lot to be desired possession-wise and just setting up in the zone, their ability to score off rushes and then create high-danger opportunities, even if it's just one opportunity and it doesn't result in a rebound, it's been working for them. And so, hey, I kind of side with Derek Lalone here. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So it's working for them right now. And you know what else keeps working? The power play. The power play in this game, well, it wasn't perfect. In fact, there were a couple ugly power plays. It went one for four. And you got to remember the second best power play in the league guys is only 25%. So if the Red Wings go one for four, that's right there with the Los Angeles Kings at 26%. The Edmonton Oilers are anomaly 32.2% power play. That's just not, that's the McDavid and dry saddle effect. And hell, even Nugent Hopkins, give him credit. He's been great. Uh, But 25% is good for the second best in the league. So you go one for four in your power play. I mean, one, let's be honest that, we talked about how good the special teams has been lately when they were on that five-game win streak. I know it's dipped since then because I believe they failed to score a power play goal in Seattle and Washington. But it's been unbelievably good on this hot streak for the Detroit Red Wings, and it's led to a lot of victories. And I know the Red Wings scored three five-on-five goals, but that fourth goal by Phil Peronic in the third period that was the power play goal, let's be honest, that was the dagger. Because the Rangers were swarming you all game long. They were swarming. But Phil Peronick scored that puck, scored that shot from the point on Andrew Kopp's third point of the night, and it deflated them. It was the same thing that happened against the Washington Capitals, where Pew Suter scored that power play goal in the third. And it actually, yeah, the Red Wings did have a power play goal. So, I, I stand corrected, as I'm just now remembering. the, the Outside of the game against Seattle, the power play has been great. So, the, I have no 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 qualms in anything. The po- penalty kill was great again. They went, oh, what, three for three in this game? As the penalty kill improves, uh, two for two, rather. I'm always off by just one, if I try to remember off the top of my head. But, I mean, the Red Wings also defensively, I know I talked about the forecheck, the bat check, the physicality. They've been laying their body on the line for blocked shots left and right. The out blocked. The New York Rangers twenty two to nine, and when you're a defenseman, I mean Moritz Sider doing it left and right. Ben Chirac's never been afraid. That's one of Ben Chirac's strongest points. You're paying him four million dollars a year. I mean, hell, at least he's doing that much. He has been really good at blocking shots, and I'll give him full credit for that. As it, it has stopped plenty of goals, but Moritz Sider did it, and he's blocked plenty of passes by putting his body on the line defensively, and that's how this team has been preventing those quality scoring attempts, is they've been blocking shots, and they haven't been afraid of laying out in front of it. You know, it does have scary moments. Obviously, Tyler Bertuzzi's broken his wrist twice, Fabry limped off the ice last game, and thankfully was able to play, but I, guys, I have nothing to complain about. I mean, I'm one win away here from saying I'm all in, and that's dangerous because I really, what I really should say is I'm going to wait until the trade deadline hits, because if they get six of eight, yeah, let let me retcon that. Even though my emotional side wants to buy in right now, my, my brain is fighting back really hard to say, logically, let's just say they take six of the eight points in these last four games. Now, just remaining six of the uh, four out of the last remaining six points. I'll, I'll say I'll buy in. I'll, I'll come on the podcast and be like, I'm all in this, this team. Let's gun for the playoffs. Let's do it. And I'm loving it, and I hope they make the playoffs right now, but I know that it's a tough, st- tough, 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 Uh, strength of schedule remaining, but guys, I'm this close. I'm this close. When they win games like this, it's hard for me to come on here and be like, I'm not, I can't, but I'm this close man. And for anyone who's not watching YouTube, my fingers are really close together. So it's, I'm feeling really good after this win guys. And I still got more to talk about. I know I got a game preview here in the third segment, but I, I'm not done. I can't be done. This is such a good game. So stay tuned to lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. I talked a little bit about Wallman and Cider. Obviously, they looked really, really good. Power play, penalty kill looked really good. Uh, Jacob Verana, you know, he looked all right. I don't really... there. He played. He had a couple of really good defensive plays. He had a couple of really good rush opportunities, but he just couldn't convert on the pass or hopped right over his stick. I think that's just uh, the, the case of him having to get reacclimated to the NHL level because you can see he's there. You can see he's there, but it's just not quite clicking yet as in the pucks just seems to always hop over his stick and he gets unlucky at the worst times he's almost there. So I I'm willing to give him just a little bit more time. You want to talk about individual players though. First of all, I'm going to be that guy. Uh, course he, expected goals for percentage. Philip Zadina was your best player with a expected goals for percentage of 91.60 followed by Pew Sutter at 90 followed by Michael Rasmussen at 83 Get down the list, David Perron, Andrew Kopp, Ben, uh, Oscar Sundquist. I mean, I mentioned about how good this second and fourth line was in this game. I didn't realize they were that good when you look at the possession metrics. I mean, the fourth line's been clicking for games now. Pew suter has been on a heater. And Phil Zadina has been really good as well. Oscar Sundquist, a little bit underrated, under-talked about because if he plays a physical style, doesn't get on the stat sheet a lot. But uh, he's been playing great, too. And the second line, again, came out of nowhere in this game and was absolutely stellar to see if those hockey, if hockey stat card is updated yet for the wings. I know it wasn't up when I started, but here we go. Red wings is up. Let's hopefully that's not nuts. Oh man. That's, that's a good look. Not a good look for the bottom ones and not a good look for Vrana, but we're going to focus on the players that shined in this game and on the players that didn't look too good. Yeah. That just furthered my belief that Vrana was a little bit, not perfect in this game, but that's all right. He's. I'm gonna give him time. I'm not too worried about that. Sorry if I'm rambling here. Just trying to get this up for you guys. You go hockey stat card. So again, by far and away, Andrew Cops best game. A game score of almost four. Everything positive, nothing negative. Offense, defense, production, miscellaneous, all positive. Followed by Rasmussen with the same, Perron with the same. That second line. I mean, this basically tells you they won you the game. Followed by that third, that fourth line. Filip Zadina fourth best goals. Uh, game score in this game. Phil Zanina. Sorry, that's a little bit vindicating for me. Phil Peronic, Ben Sharat This says they were very good in this game as well. I didn't see anything to say otherwise. Says Dylan Larkin was good in this game as well. Pew Suter down there offensively uh, was says he was a negative, but everything else was a positive. I could go down the list. I'm not. It was a very good game for the Detroit Red Wings. Everyone on this team contributed outside of Valeno, Fabri, that line couldn't really get going uh, Hag and Olimata were negatives for this team as well, but, and you could tell, you could tell they had bad games. Hag had that really bad turnover. It was a bad pass by Olimata, And then, you know, I, I was, I had an eye out for, uh, Vrana. And like I said, I thought he was in the right places a lot of the times, but just couldn't, uh, couldn't connect on most of those opportunities. Um, and then let's talk about the fact that Jonathan Bergren, Jonathan Bergeron, whatever his name is. Come on guys. I don't know. Uh, they, they they go back and forth on his pronunciation all the time, and I, I they did that whole interview and the joke and these Yanni burgers. Now, to be honest, it just confused me further. But Bergen, it's a healthy scratch in this game, and honestly, so that Susie and Veronica could be both being in the lineup. I didn't hate the decision, and don't don't crucify me for this, but I have noticed a, a lack of uh, I won't say lack of, but a little bit of a a dip in his um, presence out there on the ice for the Detroit Red Wings and, you know, maybe hit a little bit of a mini rookie wall and that's fine. I'm not trying to say that he should be scratched from now on, but the Red Wings are in a position where they control their own destiny. And if a player is not producing and not being effective or as effective, rather than saying, he's not effective for saying as effective, then you're going to scratch him for a guy like Phil Zadina, who again, I say has been very confident lately and looked good. And again, got rewarded with a goal in this game. So, I mean, he could be back in the lineup in the very next game and have a great game and they just keep rolling him out there. I mean, that's just how it's going to be a revolving door and Derek Lalonde said as much. So it's not really a slight against Bergeron. It's just how it rolls. Everyone else has been playing strong with confidence. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Vrana is the one who gets scratched after tonight's game or Kubelik, who also didn't really do a whole lot for the Detroit Red Wings in this game. I always keep saying Kubelik. He never gets scratched. So clearly I'm wrong on that regard. But just as an example, but... This again, just to, to wrap up the conversation on this game, great win, and I'm so close to buying in, so close, guys. I mean, it's it's taken my entire being to not buy into this game or uh, buy into this season rather in the playoff hunt. Um, they're so they're so fun to watch right now. They're so fun to watch. Give me until the deadline, guys. Please just give me until the deadline. If they can go, if they can just, if they can do a do some good work before the deadline and get to the deadline. I will say, let's do it. Let's let's buy in. All right, on Saturday at eight o'clock, later start. Red Wings are playing the Tampa Bay Lightning, and this is a team that just lost in overtime to the Buffalo Sabers, a team that's chasing you in the standings, but has a game in hand against you. But you have beaten twice so far this season: one in Tampa, one at home. This one also at home, and I mean, it's one is re- very reassuring to know that you have beaten them twice already this season to know that you can. But this is, again, the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're third in the, the Atlantic Division, 36-17-4. and four. They have like 14 more wins in regulation than the Red Wings do. They're still a, a juggernaut of a hockey team. So don't let those two wins you have over them get to your head. Nikita Kucherov has 80 points in 56 games played. Braden Point has 61 points in 56 games played. Stamkos, 59-56. They have three players who are over a point per game. You got guys like Hagel, Kalorn, Sergachev, who are all producing at high rates themselves. I mean, this is an offensive juggernaut who has some stellar defense. And of course, Andre Vasilevsky. I mean, this is, when you talk about teams in the NHL who are juggernauts, this Tampa Bay Lightning team, and this is a no-dust statement, is amongst them. Sorry, I took another sip there. They are a scary hockey team, but you have beaten them twice. And and one of those games, it was a, good-ass performance as well. So really when it comes to what you have to do to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, I mean, go out there and keep doing what you're doing. There is no secret formula. I mean, this is a team that in all reality should probably kick your butt. But we've been saying that about teams all throughout this hot streak. I mean, the Edmonton Oilers, by all accounts, are a better hockey team than the Red Wings. The New York Rangers are a better hockey team than the Detroit Red Wings. Yet the Red Wings keep finding ways to win. So just keep going out there. Fuel yourself. Get Keep keep grooving. There is no secret formula to this game. I mean, as Nolan put it, score more goals than the other team. I mean, again, you're going to de- need to depend on Husso making the big saves when it matters. You're going to need to continue to see Wallman and Sider block shots, Ben Chirot block shots like crazy, like the Red Wings have been doing. You're going to have to forecheck, backcheck really hard and continue to scoring the power play and off rushes. And Hey, and if the meantime you put up, a, put up a good five on five performance as well, that's just icing on the cake. I mean, you just have to continue doing what you're doing because this Tampa Bay lightning team is not going to, you know, they're not going to hit the brakes. I mean, this is a team that's trying to compete for, well, probably realistically second in the division, which would still relate to home ice advantage, you know, in the first couple rounds, unless they get matched up against the Bruins for some reason. So this is, this is huge guys. This is another huge game, another really tough battle. And and right after that, you got back-to-back games against Ottawa. These games, these four games right before the deadline, the trade deadline, are so huge for so many different reasons. And I don't know, guys. I'm loving it. I'm loving every moment. I'm loving every moment of meaningful hockey that the Detroit Wings are playing. It's late February, and we're not even talking about them being in the hunt. We're not talking about them being on the outside looking in, which is the expectation on the season. We're talking about them being tied, for the second wild card spot. Listen to that. Listen listen guys. Listen. The Red Wings are tied for the second wild card spot in late February. It has been 7 years. We need to sit back and I'm talking to myself mostly. We need to sit back and enjoy the hell out of the fact that the Red Wings are doing this right now. Because this is this is the plan, man. This is the rebuild taking off you know and every rebuild they might they might take a step back next season but because progress isn't linear you know but this progress so far has been pretty damn linear if you look at it year over year i know this season has had bumps november and december late november and december weren't particularly kind to the detroit red wings but season over season this is this is crazy i mean how long have the ottawa senators been trying to become what the Red Wings are doing right now. And I know the senators are very much in this playoff race as well. They're only a few points back of you. And as Nolan said, there are seven teams. They're one of them that are competing for that wild card spot, but it's taken them more years than it has the Detroit Red Wings to get to this point. And they're still now neck and neck with the Red Wings. They should be a past them. And I don't mean to pick on the Ottawa senators, but this is, this is amazing guys. And, I got to say I'm loving every moment of it. And I get on here, and maybe sometimes I'm overly critical. As sometimes I just have a critical eye. And I apologize if that gets annoying. But holy cow, am I just having so much fun watching this Red Wings hockey team right now. Post-All-Star break, I never could have imagined that they'd win seven of eight games. Seven of eight, the tie, to be tied for second in the wild card. I mean, this is just amazing. Oh, and Dylan Larkin. Had another point in this game on Philip Zadina's goal. I think I may have mentioned that. But he he's just I know that the rumor is that they're not going to talk contract, so he can focus on the playoffs and they're going to address it after the season. And you know, Steven Stamko's situation written all over it. Uh, but that kind man, keep Bertuzzi at this point. Let let's see how the season rides out. Let's go Red Wings. I don't got any else, anything else for you guys. Let's go, Red Wings. And uh, if Scotty were here, he'd say we ball, so I'll say it for him. We ball. we we'll back with a new episode tomorrow. Same well, not tomorrow. Sunday was when we record some Monday. New episode, Monday, same time, same place. It's your team. That being the Red Wings. Every day.